Welcome to RiskWise, a show about money for Muslims, where you'll learn how to make smarter financial decisions without selling your soul. For the full experience, join us at no cost at RiskWise.com. Saeed, what's going on? Assalamu alaikum. What's going on, Ahmed? Alhamdulillah. You got me nervous about today's question. It's uh, it's deep. It's a powerful. good question. Courage, man. The courage of this brother to ask this question. I love it. And it, it's kind of like a lot of questions that we've been receiving. But this one just had a little bit more personal. I, I like it. Well, I, I think he's courageous because he's asking a question that's difficult to... Uh, Difficult to admit to your that you're in this situation, but I think a lot of people are in this situation and either don't realize it or are choosing willfully to ignore it. Yeah, I agree with you. His income situation makes it very real and visceral. So let's let's get to it. So the brother asked, uh, and the question is related to budgeting. So after we had talked about budgeting, he asked this question. He said, the reason why budgeting is difficult for me is because I don't have a steady income. It's either more than I need or more often less than I need every month. So I'm always struggling to make ends meet. According to the 50-30-20 rule, and again, that's that's the rule that we presented earlier where 50% of your money should be going towards necessities, 30% towards wants and luxuries, and 20% towards savings. Mm-hmm. He says, according to that rule, I think I'm spending 95% of my income on necessities. And when I can't make those ends meet, I tend to borrow. And as of today, I'm not comfortable with the debt that I'm in. What is your advice for me? Mm. So I'm going to go ahead and kind of state the obvious, but I think it's a reminder that a lot of us need to hear. I think all of us need to hear this reminder um, at, at certain times. And that's that in the end, we have to recognize who's in charge here, mm-hmm. right? You're in the situation that you're in, whether it's good or it's bad, whether it's easy or difficult, you're in the situation you're in because Allah decreed for you to be in that situation, right? right? Allah is ultimately in control of all things and he wants you to be in that situation right now. Right. And so the question is, how do you get yourself out of that situation? If it's a difficult situation, what is the way to remove yourself from the situation? And I think acknowledging who's in control is the first step because you know, you can ask risk wise and that's a good step to take because we'll give you practical advice, but you know, make sure you ask Allah first. First. He's the one who in an instant can change your situation, right? He's the one who's in control. So, you know, I really want to emphasize the importance of, you know, making sincere dua, making sincere supplication and asking Allah for help because he's ultimately the only one who can help you. Right. At the same time, in addition to making dua and asking for help and being sincere in that in that ask, you have to do the things that please Allah and avoid the things that don't please Allah, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't, you, 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 and we all do this, right? It's, it's, it's human nature and it's, it's a constant struggle, but you don't want to be the person that's asking Allah and trying to be sincere in their supplication, but then turns around and, and, and acts in a way that's contradictory to what Allah wants, right? Right. Um, and there's actually a, a, a very relevant hadith that speaks to this point where the Prophet ﷺ says, and it's a lengthy, lengthy hadith. I'm going to just um, quote the, the, the last part of it. Um, he says that, Sallallahu says that, that surely a soul will not die until he has exhausted his sustenance, even though it may be slow in reaching him. Mm. 
In other words, what's written for you is going to reach you. It may not come when you want it to come. It may come later than when you want it, but whatever's written for you to receive in terms of sustenance, in terms of risk, is going to reach you. That's a guarantee. Okay. He then goes on to say, therefore, fear Allah and act well in seeking. So in Arabic, he says, ajmilu fitturab which can be translated as act well in seeking or be dignified in seeking or have beautiful restraint in seeking your provision. Mm. And then he says, وسلم, and do not allow any belatedness in your sustenance to drive you to seek it out by sinning against Allah. Mm. For what is with Allah is not attained through sinning. So it's a very clear warning, I think, to... to to avoid doing that which is prohibited or doing that which is displeasing to Allah in an attempt to remove yourself from the situation. Because ultimately, if you want Allah's help, the best way to, to, uh, to seek his help is to ask him and to do that which is pleasing. Right? And we know from the Quran, we're taught that those who strive in Allah's way, he will show them the path. So in this particular situation, the difficult thing to do and the way that's pleasing to Allah is to seriously question where you're spending your money and to seriously find ways and sincerely find ways to reduce your expenses and bring your expenses in line with whatever income you have and avoid going into debt. Yeah, and I think right there, um, if if, if uh, you're truly spending that much on necessities, there's really just two solutions or a mix of the two. And it's either you have to double your income or you have to cut your expenses in half. I mean, it's math. There, there isn't much of a trick here. So if you're not spending 95% of your income on necessities, but maybe it's 75% of your income on stuff that you really need, a place to live, food to eat, and a means of getting around transportation, those are your basic necessities. Which I think is more typical, Say, I actually don't believe that he's spending 95% of his income on necessities. I think if that's if that's the conclusion, then we need to revisit the definition of necessities. Perfect. Yeah, and that's kind of where it is. So if you, you either got to double your income or you have to reduce your expenses, and there's a lot of ways you can do that. I mean, if the three basic necessities that you have are a place to live, well, if we, need, if we find that that's occupying a big part of your wallet or your monthly income every month, then we've got to make some concessions here. We either got to find a smaller place to live, a cheaper place to rent, sell the house, buy something that's smaller, uh, take on a tenant, take on a roommate, um, you know, sell a room um, somewhere, sell a couch even on Airbnb or wherever you can get that. I think couchsurfing.com is one of them. But there's going to be some way that you need to reduce the expense of where you live. Transportation is another one. I mean, if you're in a city, do you really need a car? Can you get around on the bus? Um, can you get a cheaper car? I mean, uh, we've talked about this before that cars are not just a way of transportation, but they're also a status symbol. The kind of car that you have says can say a lot about you if you want your car to speak for you, which I mean, I don't even know if you want to do that, but the kind of car that you drive can say a lot. But if it's spending a lot of money, if it's costing a lot of money, I think we've got to make some concessions here. Take that hit to your ego and get something that's cheaper. But that's that's exactly it. That's why ultimately this is so difficult. I think people could, you know, take that the car example, right? I think I think most people would reasonably agree that if you can't afford to have a certain kind of car, you should downgrade to a more affordable car. 
And the loss of that nicer car is not really the difficult part. The difficult part is the hit to the ego. Oh, right. Because, you know, everyone knows you have that car. And then if you get something else, it's like a downgrade. And it's like, oh, what happened? Are you okay? Are, you know, is everything all right? And, and it's, it's that, the fear of the implications of that on your reputation, I think is what holds a lot of people back from making the tough decisions. Hmm. I think that's very true. And what's the solution to that if you're worried about that? I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I think the solution, well, it's maybe it's not a solution, but it's, I, I think it's more along the lines of you needing to redefine who you are. Are you the guy with the nice car? Is that what is is when people say, "Oh, who is Saeed? Oh, Saeed's the guy with the nice car. He's always got nice cars and like really nice cars in the driveway. He always shows up in a nice clean car." If that is who you are, then I think you need to figure out a, a new way to be and something else to be known for. Um, if you are hanging around people who judge based on what car you drive, you're going to get chided and, and made fun of because you sold a car and bought a different car that was more reasonable. Maybe think about new friends. I mean, I mean, this is getting really deep now, <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, if, if that's, you know, ultimately, and again, you know, we're Muslims here, right? We don't believe that our value is judged in material terms. Exactly. We reject that very notion. And, and At the fact, end of the day. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, that's what we're taught in the Quran, right? Like those who, who judge their value or measure their value in material terms, previous nations, they were destroyed. Yeah. for that reason yeah. so like we reject that notion and i think a lot of you know we're human beings right so we are we we naturally are are, are tempted and we gravitate gravitate towards um you know wanting to accumulate more that's human nature uh, and we have to kind of actively try to fight against that urge and and sometimes make difficult decisions but again you know if if you strive in the path of allah and you really exert effort and resisting uh, those temptations, then Allah will make it easy for you, but you've got sure. to take the first step. Absolutely. And I mean, if you're in a situation like this, you should never be going out to eat ever. You should not be buying any kind of prepared food from any restaurant or store ever. Everything should be made at home, cooked at home. It is incredibly cheaper to such a degree I can't even explain. And that can become one of those things that you just can draw from your necessities and, and cut that basic necessity expense. I mean, we can talk until the cows come home about how to slash expenses, right? And there's, there's yeah. lots of ways to do it. And there's lots of resources that you can dig up with ideas. But, you know, the big picture here is that you're, he's probably not spending 95% of his income on necessities. It's probably something more around 70 to 80%. Mm -hmm. And that's actually very common. That's very common. And yes. the trouble there is that people are in that position and they wonder why they're not able to get ahead, why Absolutely. they're not able to save money, why they're not able to pay down that debt that's been nagging away at them. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that, you know, pinching pennies and counting lattes and like all these little things are probably, not probably, they're not really going to help. Right. right. Your 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 problem is that you're 20, 30 percent over the line as to where your necessities should be. Right. So it's the big items. It's the house. It's the car. It's the gas. It's the insurance. It's these things that um, that are necessary that are draining your budget. And the only way to to solve that um, is is to make some difficult decisions. Now, he added another wrinkle to this, which makes it really, really complicated. And I think, say, that both you and I are self-employed and we can really relate to this. Yep. He said, the problem is I don't have a steady income. And we don't know what that means, really, but we can kind of guess. Yeah. I mean, he's 
some kind of self-employment situation where uh, income is unsteady. And if you're if you're a business owner, you know it. You don't get a biweekly paycheck that's the same every week. Yeah, he likely doesn't have a traditional job as as we know it. And that certainly creates a challenge. The mm. the best piece of advice, and it's again hard to, to implement, simple to say, right? But hard to implement, is that you have to have a baseline. So if you look at the last year, for example, look at the last twelve months of income and look at your worst month. The worst month. You know, unless it was zero, unless it was like abnormally bad, then you can remove those anomalies. But look at your worst month within a reasonable range and make that your new baseline budget for that number. So if that yeah. number is, let's say your income ranges between three and 6,000 a month as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Don't budget for six, <laughs> budget for $3,000 a month. And then yeah. when you make more, then that's great. Now you've got extra money that you can first put towards paying down your debt. And then secondly, towards savings so that in the future, if your income continues to be inconsistent, you have an emergency fund. Yeah. you can dip into if you need to and not have to go and, and take debt. So it's very simple, but I understand challenging to put into practice because quite often it involves making some very difficult ego bruising decisions. But it's it's necessary to just have that understanding that, you know, if you're if you're between three and six, your budget shouldn't be for four and a half. Your budget should be for three. That's how much money you have on a regular basis to spend readjust your frame of mind down toward that number and make that the baseline for where your expenses should be. And entrepreneurs, I mean, if, if, if uh, this brother is an entrepreneur, if you're listening and you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneurs tend to have a revenue mindset. Entrepreneurs tend to focus 99% of their energy towards increasing revenue and never really or not really taking a look at expenses very much at all. And I can empathize with that, but... I think the only way you can do that is by creating your baseline first so that you know your regular necessity expenses are at a low, the lowest baseline possible. And then go ahead, focus on your revenue, but bring your baseline expenses down to as low as you can first. Yeah. And I think just to riff on that, entrepreneurs have a revenue mindset by design, right? If you didn't have a revenue mindset, you're not going to be a very good entrepreneur, <laughs> right? Right. And, you know, and we're getting into some entrepreneurship advice here, but I think it's appropriate anyways. My, my advice there is, is to simplify the expense side as much as possible and as quickly as possible so that you can get it under control and have a baseline that's manageable and then forget about it and worry about revenue. Exactly. Right. Get it under control. Make sure you have a baseline that, that will, will be doable even on your worst month. And then put all of your energy into revenue because that's that's what you do at the end of the day as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. There's a story. Well, this could be our shortest episode if we stop right here. Okay, fine. Okay, we'll save the story for another time. That's a good cliffhanger. All right. All right. Jazakumullah khair. Thank you for tuning in. Assalamu alaikum.